I am really excited to go on this journey, this voyage with you in this new series called Charting Our Course. I'm just glad to be back. You know, I'll tell you, I was richly blessed by my study break. It was a great time for me to enjoy uh, time with extended family. My brother was in from California. Immediate family, my my daughter and I actually did a father-daddy camp up in Upper Peninsula for five days. Uh, it, was, it was good for my soul. You know, the time away kind of forced me to look inward and say, Jeff, where are you at? How can you grow closer? And how can you learn to love the Lord more? And so I'm grateful. This gift, really, that the Compass Church gives me for this study break is tremendously useful for me, and I pray it'll be useful for our church as well. I had lots of good planning time and preparation time, and it was just a tremendous blessing. That said, you know, it's kind of weird when a guy says, I'm so glad that my break from work is over, but I feel that way. I love serving with all of you and journeying with all of you, and it is truly the best joy to be back and to uh, be on this new ministry season with you all. You know, this, this uh, series, Charting Our Course, is, is really, really important. It's one that has a lot of thought and prayer behind it. And it's not just my study break, actually. The thought and prayer go back over the last six months. As an elder board, we've talked a lot about what is the path that God has called us to that will help us accomplish our mission. As staff, our senior staff in particular, have been in prayer and discussion about what is the path. Let's make sure that we've got a strategy that we're implementing that actually will get us to where we believe that we need to go. And so uh, it is with great enthusiasm that I want to present to you uh, what at first will look very similar to something you've seen before. Are you ready? Let's put up the four points here. Pursue, connect, serve, reach. And some of you are like, wait a minute, it's right, but it's wrong. Uh, If you've been a part of the Compass Church historically, you may recognize some values of the past. It It was connect, grow, serve, reach is how it used to be. And when I arrived, I, I, I received that Connect, Grow, Serve, Reach with immediate enthusiasm. I said, man, there's a lot of wisdom in those principles, those uh, values. And I started praying and wrestling over this last year with them and said, God, is this what you have for us? And as I started to gain some clarity, I, I thought for the most part, I fully embrace it. But there's some little changes that I feel God calling us to make. And I, again, processed that with our senior staff and with our elders. And uh, they pushed back and they changed my mind. And it was a real healthy process that led to some slight alterations. First of all, uh, you'll notice one word has been replaced. There was a word grow that was a part of the old strategy. And you say, Jeff, are you uninterested in spiritual growth? Is that why you pulled it out? No. In fact, I believe that all four of these are about growing spiritually. All of them contribute to our spiritual growth. In fact, this is a plan for spiritual growth. 
You know, the Bible talks about two stages of the Christian life. Salvation, or the moment that we are reconciled with God through Jesus Christ. And then the Bible talks about sanctification, which is growth, where you become more like Jesus, and your love for him expands. And this is a plan for sanctification, spiritual growth, okay? So I'm not removing growth. It's all about growth. Uh, Secondly, we've added a couple words under them. You'll notice that those secondary words are to provide clarity or a reminder what it's all about. So let me, let me read them. Pursue him daily. This is the new one. We're going to talk a lot about it. In fact, this first week of the series, I'm preaching on pursue him daily. Connect in community. This is the importance of getting in a group and not being in attender or in attendance at an event at the Compass Church, but being a part of the family, relationships. Serve one another. God doesn't want people to be watching the kingdom of God. He wants them to be participating in the advance of the kingdom of God, part of the team that's making it happen. Reach your world. Our world, seems these days, is increasingly dark. And we are to be the light in the darkness, bringing the hope of the gospel to our world. And so God wants to use us to help others find new life in Christ. And so these four are essentials. In fact, we're going to call them our priorities. We're not claiming that these are the only components of the Christian life. There are other components of the Christian life that are precious, and we'll preach and teach and lead towards them as well. But we feel God leading us to prioritize these four, to say that every new Christian needs to dive into these four. Every stagnant Christian needs to check and see if they're engaged in all four because we're going to prioritize these four because we believe that when we do prioritize them, we will grow. We'll grow personally as individuals and we'll grow corporately in our effectiveness as a church. And so in this series, Charting Our Course, we're going to talk about these four. And we're going to see God move us, inspire us, call us to balanced and holistic engagement in our church. And we're going to change. We're going to move. We're going to grow. And we're going to win by God's grace. So let me talk to you first about pursue him daily. This this is the new one. Can you guess what I mean by pursue him daily? Many of us have a daily habit of seeking to be with God, to meet with him in prayer. This is my prayer journal that I write my prayers in every day. And Bible study or reading. Some of us call it our quiet time, our devotional time, our God time. But this daily habit of setting aside, maybe it's 15 minutes, maybe it's 20, maybe it's half an hour, Maybe some of you, it's an hour. But that daily habit of being a people who seek to meet with God through prayer and Bible reading is absolutely essential. There's actually scientific information that backs this. Uh, Eight years ago, the Compass Church was a part of a 
a study, a huge study that involved over a thousand churches called the Reveal Study. Some of you may recall it. An extensive survey was filled out by over a quarter of a million people. Largest spiritual growth survey ever done in the history of the world. And I was a part of that at my previous church as well. And the, the, the purpose of the Reveal Study was to try to figure out what are those habits or activities that yield the greatest spiritual growth dynamic in Christians. And you know what they found? The number one correlation above all else was this pursue him daily. What they discovered is that Christians who are in the habit of meeting with God in prayer and Bible study find this power, this this passion, this growth characterizing their spiritual lives. And those Christians who don't do that habit would often characterize their spiritual lives as plateaued or even in decline. And when I saw the, the scientific research verifying this conclusion, I just realized I have, we have got to be a church that motivates that equips, that inspires, that encourages our people to meet with God daily. You know, so even this TV screen. Some of you are like, man, you're kind of weird, you know, preaching with a TV screen. Well, here's, here's one of the main reasons I do this. When I put the scripture up here, and sometimes, you know, we underline and highlight various things, I'm seeking to model personal Bible study because I long for us to be a church that is thriving, that is alive in part because we are a people who don't just seek him on Sundays at church. We seek him every day. Now, let me also be clear on this. Some are like, you think God's like reserved for the special 20 minutes that you meet with him in prayer and Bible study every day? No, no, no. I want to walk with the Lord all day, every day, throughout the day. But I have found I connect with him better out there if I meet with him focused for a 20-minute, half-an-hour period. That focused time, no distractions, just me and God, forms a connection that stays connected throughout our day as we go to work and interact with family and neighbors. So it's going to be a priority. And to study this one with you today, I want to turn to a, a verse that is just passionately important to me, and I hope you end up resonating in some ways like I do. It's found, found in the Psalms, Psalm 27, verse 8. You know that pursue him daily? You can see the pursue verbiage in this psalm. King David, king of Israel, he writes, he says, my heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do you see the pursue God in this? King David's seeking the face of God. That's how David describes this, which is a very weird way, actually, to describe it. So weird that many modern translations kind of take the seek the face terminology out of their, them. And they'll translate this verse, my heart says of you, come talk with God. And I suppose that's an accurate translation, but I prefer the face language 
because I think there's rich meaning there that will bless us as we grow to understand it. The, the face language is not just found in this verse. I should tell you, 24 times in the Psalms alone, it talks about the face of God, pursuing the face of God, crying out, God, don't hide your face from me. All kinds of ways it talks about seeking God's face. And not only in the Psalms, beyond the Psalms, throughout the Bible, this phrase of pursuing the face of God is there. And so it probably is important, wouldn't you agree? And I'd like to study it with you because I I think once we understand this dynamic of seeking the face of God, we'll discover the rich depth that God desires to characterize our pursue him daily time. Sound good? So let's talk about it. Seek the face of God. If Bible study and prayer is to be a pursuit of the face of God, what does that mean? Well, the first thing that I believe that it means is that we are to encounter God. That, that, that if we're to seek his face, you know, some verses talk about meeting with God face to face. We would talk about having FaceTime with somebody. This Bible study is not the study of a book. It's an encounter with the very presence of Almighty God. Prayer is not me just writing some poetic words in a journal. Prayer is me talking to an attentive God who's in the room. What makes this daily habit so exciting is not the study of a book or the writing in a journal. What makes it powerful is that you're having an encounter, a meeting with the Almighty. Some Christians meet with him. Many Christians don't. Friday, just two days ago, I was actually in southwest Michigan at my in-law's house. And I had opportunity to go to the beach. They're, they live in walking distance from the dunes. Maybe you've been to the dunes. They're just gorgeous. I set up a chair on the beach and started reading a biography, biography of Dr. Erwin Lutzer. It's actually his autobiography. Dr. Lutzer has been the pastor of the historic Moody Church here in Chicago. He's been a pastor there for 35 years. He's been in that role. And I I admire him. I have had, I know people who know him and they speak so highly of him. I, I know people who went to his church and they see, speak so highly of his character and of his leadership. So I have just developed a very high opinion of this man. And when I saw opportunity to read his autobiography, I thought, wow, I'm going to really get to know this guy better by hearing him tell his story in this book. So I'm, I'm sitting there enjoying it greatly. When I become aware that someone is standing right in front of me, this guy says, so how's that book? And I go, uh, good, thanks. Uh, it's about a pastor, you know, uh, Dr. Irwin. I look at the cover of the book that has his picture on it, and I look at him. I go, Dr. Lutzer? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. He goes, I saw you reading my book, and I had to come over and say Hi. You know, and I couldn't even talk. I was just weirded out in this moment. I'm like, 
first of all, to, to meet, you know, one of my heroes semi-naked in his bathing suit, you know, it was just really awkward. And I stood up, you know, and I'm like, Dr. Lutzer, uh, and he's like, what do you think of the book? And I'm like, good. And he goes, can we talk about it? Sure. And he takes his chair and he plops it down next to mine in the sand. And he says, tell me what you think. And I'm, this is really weird. I, I'm like, oh, well. And I said, uh, you know, and I brought up various moments in his life. And I'm like, did it really happen like that? And he said, yeah, Jeff, it really happened like that. And we dialogued about, you know, various moments, and he provided commentary on what he had written, and I probed a little deeper into some of the moments, and I think he even felt comfortable sharing with me some of those moments with greater detail, you know, in this personal manner. He had heard of our church. He had heard of my move to our church. He expressed great interest in me and what God was doing here we, for half an hour, had the most wonderful, unexpected conversation. Now, it dawned on me when I was done with that, this is like a parallel in how it is for Christians. There are some Christians who know God by reputation or secondhand knowledge only. They've heard of people talk about what God is like. And they've been interested and drawn to God by those descriptions. They've developed an opinion of him based on what they've heard. There are other Christians who have read his book, who have said he's written an autobiography, and I want to get to know this God better by reading his words. There are other Christians who sit down with him and say, let's talk about what you've read. Lord, this is great! Is that true? Did it happen like that? And there is a prayer dynamic to their Bible study as they spend time in the presence of Almighty God and are formed by that encounter, are brought life by that encounter, fall in love with God from that encounter. You know, I, again, a week ago, I knew Dr. Erwin Luther. I had never met him, so I knew him only by reputation. Now, to a great, far greater degree, I know the man. And folks, you don't want to be a Christian who knows there's a God out there somewhere and you've learned some things about him. You want to be a Christian who can say, I know God. I talk with him. I meet with him every day. And God knows me. We're actually tight. And I know some of you are like, is that possible? Come on, you know, this invisible God. There's no way, pastor, that people can really develop a friendship with this invisible God. You know what? 3,000 years ago, let's go back to the passage for a moment, can we? 3,000 years ago, King David used these words to characterize his friendship with God. I seek his face. And you know what? I, I can tell you I do the same. And for 3,000 years, Christians have said the face of God can be sought and found. And intimate friendship can result. All right. So there's the first one, that, that our time with God in prayer and Bible study should be a, an encounter with God. The, the second one 
is that our time of prayer and Bible study should be discovering the beauty of God. You know, the face conveys beauty. You've seen that before. In fact, one of the phrases used in the Bible is, Behold his face. In Psalm 27, this same psalm, a few, four verses earlier in verse 4, King David says, I long to gaze at your beauty, God. You know, I went to uh, Ulta for the first time. Have you been to Ulta? My wife took me there. Turns out there are huge stores devoted to the beauty of the face. God is beautiful. By that, I'm not referring to his physical appearance, but his heart, who he is as a person, as a being, is gorgeous beyond any other beauty in the universe. And when we seek his face, we're seeking to gaze into that beauty. We're seeking to behold the righteousness, the glory, the beauty of Almighty God. And those who know how wonderful he is and have fallen in love with him are those who have learned and discovered and experienced these attributes that make up who God is. And so I will tell you, my time of Bible reading and prayer is a pursuit of the face of God in this. God, I want to see your glory, your beauty. Show me something. Show me something new about what makes you tick, about what you're like, about how you feel about the world or about me. And as I turn to the Bible with that expectation, give me a glimpse of your heart. More often than not, I am blessed with a discovery, with a fresh glimpse of the heart of God. In some cases, it's something new I never really thought about before. In other cases, it's something that I already knew, but I see it at a whole different level. I I, I recognize an intensity about God's being in that area or that direction that I never realized before. But those who meet with God daily are those who grow in their knowledge of his beauty. And his beauty wins our heart. And we find ourselves loving him more because we see him more. Does that make sense? So when you seek the face of God, you're looking for face-to-face encounter. You're looking at beholding his beauty in his face. And there's one more, and that is his love. One of the uses of the face of God in this encounter is it talks about, Lord, I want your face to shine on me. You heard that before? Sometimes in the priestly blessings, they would say in the Old Testament, may the Lord's face shine on you. And so in this face-to-face encounter of God, one of the things we seek is for his face to shine. You're like, faces don't, you know, science people here, faces don't shine, lights shine, faces. You ever seen someone smile? A face can light up. Isn't it true? When the Bible talks about God's face shining on us, it's speaking of his delight in you. It's speaking of his love, of this emotion being conveyed. You know, our emotion is seen through our face. And 
when you've seen eyes of love before, when someone is just delighting. And God does that. If you can see his face as he looks at you in these encounters, you will see eyes of love. And you say, no, I won't, not me, because I come as a nasty moral failure. Okay, I'll give you that. But if you come as a nasty moral failure who's repenting and apologizing for your sin, then through Christ, it's all grace. It's all forgiveness. It's all love. And that face of love is shining on you even in your broken condition. And so one of the reasons that we come to God in this daily pursuit is we come for his face of love to shine on us. We need to be loved by God. My son Jake jumps up into my lap on a daily basis. And I don't say, person, why are you in my lap? You know, there's no explanation and none is needed because I know that he needs me to wrap my arms around him and hold him tight. You know what? We need the same. We may have grown up, but we were made for the love of the Father. And we need every day to say, God, give me a glimpse of your affection for me because my soul is dry and in need of that love. You know, let me just, uh, let me uh, move on. Just trying to make sure I don't talk too long. You know, you, you, your face gets mad when, when I do. Uh. <laughs> Let's return to the verse, shall we? I want to talk about this first phrase. You know, I've talked a lot about the seek his face concept, but I've not discussed it in the context of this verse. And its setting in this verse is very meaningful. The first line of the verse says this. My heart says of you, my heart says of God, King David speaking, My heart says, seek his face. That's really interesting. David says, there is a cry in my heart. I hear it. And my heart is crying to seek the face of God. My heart is longing to seek the face of God. My heart is pushing Go, come on, let's go. It's so interesting. David, who had it all? David is saying, my heart's not crying for a bigger palace. My heart's not crying for greater fame throughout the world. David said, I've tasted this world and all that it has to offer. And you know what I long for? More of God. Isn't that amazing? Let me phrase it in the form of a question. Does, have you ever heard your heart cry for more of God? Have you ever felt this inner longing to seek the face of God? I contend that every single heart cries for God. You may not hear your heart's cry, but it's crying. Why I say that is because God made us all, and he made us for him. And until we find satisfaction in him, we will be restless and longing for our place in this world. And the challenge that I would make is get in touch with your heart's cry. 
In fact, pray, Lord, help me to hear clearly the longing of my heart. Help my passionate desire for you, God, to rise up in my soul like an uncontainable inferno. God, build my desire for you. And you say, why? You want me to, you know, just have this divine discontent? Yes, because that leads to action. This daily habit of seeking his face is going to require a lot of motivation, and our motivation is fueled by desire. Folks, one of my great prayers for me and for all of us is that we would be a church that you look in our eyes and we say, I don't have enough of God yet. I've got some, and it's been rich but I long for more. And we would be a people who can say with integrity, my heart says of God, seek his face. Today, tomorrow, the next day, I long to pursue the one who made the world and saved my soul. Now, the desire here in the first line leads to a commitment in the second line. What's the commitment? Your face, Lord, I will seek. First of all, this commitment, this vow, who is David saying the vow to? He's saying it to the Lord. You know, it's important to say vows to ourselves and to make resolutions, but it's better to look God in the eyes and say, Lord, Lord I've made a decision. Hear me, Lord. I'm going to seek your face. I am going to be a man, I'm going to be a woman who daily pursues you. This vow, this commitment is so important because this stuff doesn't just fall into place. Some people think, oh, well, I'll just go to church and I'm sure that it'll all just start happening. No, it doesn't work that way. You've got to be volitional, intentional about beginning this habit. You need to harness the power of your free will and make a choice. And you say, well, I made a choice and I failed and I gave it up. Make it again and again and again. Perseverance is needed in the development of this discipline. You don't sense the presence of God right away. Sometimes it's months of seeking before you find and begin to sense his nearness. You know, as I get real practical about what commitment can you make, pick a time for tomorrow. Pick a place and pick a strategy. You know, my strategy is pretty simple. I, I pick a book of the Bible, and I just say, I'm going to work my way through that book. And I'll read sometimes only one verse. As you can tell, I can get hung up on one verse pretty well. huh? And I'll write in my prayer journal, Lord, what are, what are you trying to say to me through this verse? And I'll work my way through a book of the Bible praying about what I read. My wife uh, doesn't like my strategy, and you may not either. And so I'll tell you what's been helpful for Jen. Uh, here's a, a, a Bible app called YouVersion. If you don't have this, I would strongly advise you to get it. Uh, this app can be on your phone or your iPad device or whatever. And uh, it not only provides many versions of the Bible for you to readily read, but it has tools, Bible study tools, that can be very helpful Jen found a Bible reading plan uh, 
this Bible reading plan for her is in a year. She's going to read through the entirety of the Bible in a year. That's an ambitious goal and maybe not the best one for you, but it's laid it out for her and helps her to do that each day. And every night before Jen goes to bed, she pulls out her iPad and does her reading for the day. Uh, Others of you will find devotionals on version, and those are very helpful. A devotional each day will give you a verse to read and like a little paragraph of comments or application of that verse. Some of you may remember uh, Our Daily Bread. It was a little booklet form. Well, Our Daily Bread is now electronically available on version, along with many other devotionals. And so this tool, I would encourage you to get and explore until you find the best strategy for you. God's made each of us unique in the the time of day, the place, the way that we pursue him will be different. It'll involve the Bible and it'll involve prayer, but we'll find the best way for us to seek his face. Sound good? Folks, I want to end by asking you to fill out a little questionnaire. Could everyone look on the back of the seats? You should find, uh, and if you're sitting in the front row, pass pass one to the poor people in the front row there. Um, It's it's a survey that's going to serve us as church leaders. It's about how you're doing spiritually. Are you growing or are you not? Are you engaged in these four priorities or are you not? And if you would take, we're going to play a song here at the end of the service. If during this song, you would take just a few minutes to fill out this survey. You don't even have to put your name on it, okay? If, if, if you're like, I'm embarrassed as to how badly I'm doing. That's great. Just don't put your name down. And honesty is most helpful. If you say, oh, I'm going to make it look like I'm really spiritual. That's not going to be very helpful for us, okay? And so what we're going to do... Th- is every year at this time, we're going to ask our whole church, visitors, if you're a visitor, fill one out. If you've been around forever, fill one out. We're going to ask our whole church on a given week every year to fill out this survey. And we'll be able to compare the results year after year and as leaders get a sense, are we growing or like a sailboat just doing circles, a lot of sailing, but no momentum, no direction, no improvement. We want to know because we are committed to be a church that is not playing games, but be a church that is on a growth trajectory and seeing us become all that God wants the church to be. Jesus, Savior, pilot us. Lead us to the destination, the mission, to love him more, so more love him. So I'm going to pray, and then during this closing song, Would you please fill this out? Lord, I can't believe that you invite us to seek your face. I can't believe that that opportunity is made available to messed up people like us. God, we want to say yes, yes. Teach us, please, God, daily teach us to set aside some time to pursue you. And God, I pray that the results would be rich, that we would be a people whose hearts grow, whose hearts burn and pound with excitement for life and love for you. Please, God, wake us up. 
through pursuing you daily. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.